Hi, this is Tiffany Linfield with the Memphis Free Thought Alliance podcast, and I'm with my co-host. I'm David Lieberman. And today we're going to be interviewing Amen Kuska. And the reason we're interviewing him is because he was a devout Muslim, and he has since left his faith and become what he describes as atheist. So we're just interview him about that process of leaving his religion. And I'm going to let David start off with the questions. Well, I wanted to also frame where I'm coming from with this topic, and that is that I'm interested in the idea of change. If I was to walk up to a person who is Christian and another one who is Jewish, another one who is Muslim, and another one who is atheist, and I ask them a year later, what are you now? I expect all of them on average, will probably say that they're the exact same. So there's a lot of inertia when it comes to a person's religious philosophy. And so when you actually do have change, I want to understand how that happens, because it is the exception to the rule. Right. And me and you can both relate to that change, because I was a fundamentalist Pentecostal Christian, and now I'm agnostic, and then you were... Always an atheist, and I'm still an atheist. I've never changed. But but you were raised Jewish, right? I was raised culturally Jewish. It's not that unusual in Reformed Jews that people are atheists, but they still value the culture and the history and the tradition so much that they'll go to Hebrew school and they'll go through all the motions. But at the same time, there's nobody to kick us out because we don't believe this, that, or the other thing. Okay. Well, let's Amen, do you want to introduce yourself for a brief moment? Just kind of say hello to the listeners. Yeah, my name's Amin. I'm from Turkey. I grew up in Turkey. I came to the United States uh, about 17, 18 years ago. I did my master's in the uh, United States in Nashville, and then I am working in the tech industry. And I grew up as religious, and I was really a believer, and now I find myself atheist. Yeah, it it happened more than two years ago. Yeah, that was actually the, going to be my first question. I know, understand now that you're an atheist, but I wanted to know, were you truly a believer with no doubts mm-hmm. uh, when this all started? I think in average, I was really a believer. I was just a believing more than average person as per se, because I don't know if there is like absolute moment because it is a story and everybody, I mean, the Muslims follow, like a group of people follows that. So it is, I think I was better than average. I was really believer when I was very young and I kept believing for years, decades and practicing. So if you were like a true believer and we're using that sentiment to describe someone who not only subscribes to a certain religion, but they actually practice what they preach. If you were a true believer practicing what you were preaching, what was the catalyst to make you start reconsidering your beliefs? What were the first cracks in the foundation of your beliefs, basically? I will say it is like the the, the biggest moment is about like a, a researching about the human history. But at the same time, when I look at back, Everything contributes on that. Like for decades, I'm living in an environment there are other people who believe in other things. So those factors, and I can't think of a lot of things, but there are a lot of factors it contributes on that. Politics contributes on that. But the, the biggest catalyst was the researching human history, which is uh, humans. Homo sapiens has like a long history, but none of those religious explanation or stories are not just uh, able to explain that. So it automatically just like eliminate that kind of story itself. Well, I'll tell you what my impression has been when I think about people who have changed like this. I know that there are a lot of Jews who have become atheist or agnostic in the wake of the Holocaust. And I know a number of other people who had lost their religion as a result of 9-11. They saw that you could have people who would fly planes into buildings and kill innocent civilians, and they did it because they thought they were making Allah happy. And uh, then people just started to explore their own religion and started to question everything about it. And so I know that that was a concern for some people. Uh, It's just basically a, a trauma 
So I guess my question for you is, yes, when you first started to have some concerns about your religion, religious beliefs, did you discuss this with some of your peers? And did you share the fact that you had some misgivings? And if so, what did they say about it? I think it took like at least a year to make this transition. And I was questioning the conflicts with only a few people, not no, no more than a few people. And I was mostly just uh, looking for answers online, other people's experience, other people's who are leaving their uh, beliefs. So it was very minimal talking to people around me. Did especially. you feel like you just couldn't share it because it wouldn't be accepted and it would, there'd be trouble? It is in my culture, in my country, it's not big trouble physically, but it is kind of trouble emotionally and like uh, the way they look at you they feel like betrayed it in a way so it is uh yeah not finding that kind of like a physical issue but yes i was avoiding maybe it's also a little personal type of thing so i think it was because of that reason it was very minimal people actually um i was discussing with so when I recall leaving my religion, I remember it being extremely emotionally painful. Um, I felt like I was losing um, something very important to me. I felt like I was losing a sense of safety and security and answers to how the world works. So when I left Christianity, it was extremely painful. Like I did a lot of crying. How emotional was this? for you when you were leaving? That was the challenging point for me. I was just kept thinking, what if the thing I'm just leaving is the truth? Or what am I going to do here in hereafter if that is true? Like these are the questions which uh, kept us in, in this story, basically. But I was just uh, hearing, listening others uh, who has this similar things. I mean, the, we can't just... Uh, escape from reality and uh it was helpful at that time because you when you were just uh, leaving a religion it was it is painful it was painful for me and but i find uh, peace in some point and i am happy about it at the end so i'm trying to understand what the time frame is here so did you say it was about two years to make the transition away probably it was uh between the three to two years and during this two to three year period, I imagine that there's a point that I, I would describe as a tipping point where you, you're really crossing the border from one to the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually the tipping point is when there's a lot of change taking place quickly. So I'm, I guess I'm wanting to know, what were you thinking when you were reaching the hardest part? I was just thinking other people who has who beliefs in different stories. I felt like uh, many people have having thought in their stories. So it is the hardest part, part was, as I said, I couldn't just lie to myself anymore. It, it's the, that tip point. I'm just the saying, oh, this is really the, just the story I was just believing. So that was a little painful, but that was, I felt, I mean, that was the hardest part. But, well, there's something interesting about what you said about just now about how you were lying to yourself. You have to first come up with the idea that you are not being truthful to yourself. You have to come to that realization because a true believer does not think that. So I'm just wondering others who would be trying to pull you back into the fray and bring you back to your religion, they would probably try to defend it. That's, I imagine, what their response would be. So as you started to feel like it was a lie, why was it that other people saying, oh, no, it's not a lie, it's real? Why, why did that not work? My friends were just trying to convince me not to change or to come back to their Islam because they just have some collection of answers and they are trying to convince me with their answers in their own and i was just open i was just said yeah let's let's go through and 
I mean, the I, I did a lot of conversations with a few friends, not a lot, but a few friends. And then I said, uh, I, I was the open one. I felt in some point I was the open one, open-minded one, but they were the just trying to use the algorithm in their mind to just uh, take me back to the story. So that was not really helpful for them. And I was trying to help them too, in a sense, but that, that happened. Like it just like uh, for a year or more than a year, I was just going back and forth with them. And just I said, I mean, I, I didn't change my mind. So we still talk about these when it comes, uh, I mean, when we come up with this kind of uh, questions, but they're mostly avoiding because they don't really have good answers. So it is, uh, we are still uh, talking about this. So you're talking about having conversations with multiple people were there some people who ended their friendship with you because of you changing no i didn't lose any close friendship some people are just like avoiding to talk to me but they are not the close friends so it is the people around me the people i have close relationship they are uh, not really putting in a distance um i didn't really tell this thing to some other relatives because of maybe this reason because maybe i'm just going to have that kind of a uh, problem so some of my relatives i don't think i will have any good conversation about this so i'm avoid still avoiding the still didn't hear me about like this change but so far i didn't lose any any close friendship okay so when you say some relatives don't know are you referring to like your parents yes my parents they hear my i mean the they hear how i am just the being putting distance between myself and the religion they don't they see I don't do any practices. They see I am just like a not religious person anymore. But they didn't hear from me uh, about the, this change, like uh, about not believing. Have they asked you why you don't do the religious practices anymore? No, I, I yes, they ask. I avoided this. <laughs> How do you avoid it? What do you say? I just say I'm busy with work or something. <laughs> That's actually mostly the answer. COVID the situation helped because I'm avoiding to be in, among some people. I mean, I'm just using it. My parents are not here. I didn't just like uh, get together with them like for years. I'm planning to get together, but uh, it, it didn't happen after this change. So um, they didn't see me personally after this change so that was helpful so from removed i was able to just find answers yeah I, my guess would be that they probably don't want bad news so they wouldn't pry too much they probably would ask you you would be evasive and then they wouldn't want to push it mm -hmm. because people often like to try to avoid conflict uh, my question for you now is that now that you're on the other side and you've gone through this whole transition if you were having a conversation with somebody who was like how you were at the very beginning they're a devout believer they have no doubt they, they do not believe that they're lying to themselves uh, what would you say to them i i all i say i'm not really inviting just like enough to believe directly because just what i'm asking is be open-minded if there is like a, a creator. All other creators are false, basically. In So just consider yourself, think about others, other beliefs, other people's uh, stories. So that, that's my first uh, reaction to that. Like, the, uh, I mean, the first uh, question to that. So if yours is true, what about other... 3,000 ones, basically. So what about those? I mean, if you are the only true one, maybe you are not the one. I mean, I'm 
this is very typical logic but uh, among uh, some non-believers but that's really good analogy we are we are living in a multi uh, uh cultural societies and it is helping on that i see so when you when you think about other people you said that you're not necessarily wanting to try to make everybody give up their religion and and go through the same exact transition you did well who would you encourage to consider changing their beliefs and who would you consider not worth discussing this with yeah i mean some people are hard to just like talk about it i have a few friends they didn't even hear me saying like i'm atheist so it was they are not open-minded basically i don't sense that part like uh, uh, they are not really open to this, this kind of discussion so i avoid that if that question comes to me about these critical questions to any religion i can participate and i can talk about it okay, for hours with them but they, it is never coming from them and it, i know they are not comfortable with this kind of uh, questions so those questions are for only the people who are feeling open-minded so it's it's basically the other people's hostility yeah that is the signal that you use to say oh let's let's not go there exactly yes that's true so once you give up your faith and i know that it's kind of a slow process i remember it being kind of a process for me that was kind of in chunks and then but there's this point of no return like you just can't believe anymore once you got to that point where you were just like i'm done and you're verbalizing it out loud to yourself and others did you feel better did you feel relieved i felt better at the beginning it was a little emotional it was a little uh feeling bad about it but afterwards i felt better and better because the responsibility of like hereafter was the huge thing what is gonna happen after i die so you know that doesn't happen instantly it is just like having some time to just like uh, convince yourself like so but i felt much better now just not believing it so you're saying the fear that hell was yawning before you no longer having that fear is what created a lot of relief yes that fear was the huge problem in our life daily life because i was believer and i was believing what would god do if i do this kind of thing instead of that kind of thing so uh you were always having that guilt uh emotions like should i feel guilty about this or should i feel better about this it's not your own justice it's someone uh, that story is justice you know that that you always consider that and it's always like a negative side i mean mostly because you can't align yourself perfectly to any story <laughs> okay so that burden was just lifted yes i guess my question for you is is uh, do you think there's any possibility that you might switch back i mean if i was to talk to you 3 years ago and i asked you do you think perhaps in a few years you're going to be an atheist? You would probably have said, of course not. Now here you are as an atheist. How confident are you that three years from now you're not going to be a Muslim? Or something else. Or something else for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I am open. I am open-minded. If someone comes to me, approach to me and convince me to a story, which is, if I feel it is real, I'm open to that. I know it is not likely, but... I am just uh, trying to expect this openness from any side when I talk. So this is the art. If there is uh, any kind of evidence to any kind of story, I'm ready to believe it. So with that, it to me, if you're open to new possibilities, new stories being true, would you not be agnostic rather than atheist? Because atheist is more like hard line in the dirt i don't believe whereas agnostic is more open to possibilities i heard about these definitions from a few others on some podcasts agnostic and 
atheists, they are not really like uh, the same category. You're agnostic, you're saying, I don't know. And I'm choosing, I'm agnostic too, but I'm choosing not to believe in because it's likely nothing in there as creator. That's some sort of, some sort of like subcategory of the being agnostic. I don't know, I heard this kind of definition and it makes sense because we don't know everything in this universe. We know as much as we know and we answer as much as we answer. And we, we, we can at least say those stories are just a story in their base and everything. And we choose to be agnostic and I choose to be just the atheist and under that. It is, I don't think it is very, very different. Hmm. I feel like they are different. It's interesting that there's as much conflict over the subject of what does it mean to be agnostic. Uh, I used to think that that was the most open-minded thing because it was the least pretentious. You weren't making a stand and claiming to know things you don't know. But I came to feel differently about it. I came to realize that agnostics are pretty much atheists who don't have the courage of their convictions. And the reason why I say that is because everybody is a little uncertain. You know, if a god were to appear in front of me right now and introduce himself, I would suddenly be a believer in this god. And so even an atheist could imagine switching and, and becoming religious. So to that extent, we would all qualify as agnostic. Mm. But you say what, that with confidence. In the same level of confidence, I don't think that there's Zeus. I also don't think that there's Thor, and I don't think there's Yahweh, and I don't think there's all the others. So I feel like you'd have to say that if you have that level of confidence, then you should just call yourself an atheist and not hedge your bet. You mentioned the hostility. I see people who use the term agnostic to make them feel like they're still one of the group, like leaving one foot in the door. You always have to have an ace in the hole. So a question I have is, I remember when I was becoming atheist, people like Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, the Four Horsemen, they were really like fundamental for me because I was able to listen to their podcasts, lectures, debates. I was able to read their books. And this really was almost like an ointment for the pain that leaving religion felt. Um, were there some thinkers in the atheist movement that you gravitated towards to kind of help you canonize your new thoughts and beliefs and verbalize them to others? Uh, Yuval Harari is a historian, and I was actually the... I was able, I, mean, I was doing this change when I was just reading and just listening to him. And he never mentioned about specifically creationism or the religions. He's talking about human history. Yes, he's an atheist. Afterwards, I learned that because he was, ex uh, I mean, the, in an interview, but afterwards. So he was the biggest impact, I can say. But at the same time, I was happy to hear he was an uh, atheist afterwards so that was the big i mean the big one and i'm also full uh, just following a few other people especially alex connor he's he was he is he was going to theology college but he was atheist so it was kind of a similar situation i had i was i went to religious school and i was just like uh, having more knowledge than the average person among my friends, among I'm an inter in my country, in my culture. So I'm just also following some Muslim background atheists. Mm. So ex-Muslims. So now here's a, a touchy subject. If you were to marry and have children, how would you want to raise them? And what would you object to? What would be okay with you? Whatever they choose to be. I'm okay with their, I mean, I have kids, by the way, so I'm okay with whatever they choose, but I'm just trying to question them. I want them is question more. So I was questioning later on, but I don't want them to question, I mean, like me, I want them to question anything they believe, anything they follow, and they have to have this freedom of just the choice of anything. 
So you said that you had started following people who were talking about human history. Things don't happen by accident. We gravitate towards certain topics based on our personality, stimulus in the environment, things of this nature. If you were like a devout Muslim, which you were, you were going to the mosque. So what gravitated you toward information that um, conflicted with your beliefs? What do you is you think it's a personality thing or it started with some questions. I mean we were questioning in a little bit, but we were always just having this kind of algorithm answers. Oh, there is no evolution. That was actually the one of those reactions. And nowadays uh religious side says yes, there is evolution, but in some certain level. So Evolution was the big question, and it is they are changing with the time. They used to not accept anything about evolution. Now they are accepting in some level. In the future, they will fully accept it, maybe. I don't know. They, they can just base their story in a different way. So since it is changing, it doesn't fit in these stories. These stories are just like a, a not fitting in this uh, evolution history. Uh, they know that that's why they are just rejecting as much as they can. So that was actually the starting point, evolution. And then human history and every other thing contributed all that. So I was questioning in my mind, but I was putting it in silence. I don't, I didn't want to just make any sin. How long did you keep that in silence before you started opening that Pandora's box? Probably like uh, uh, last two years, maybe just a more question than before. Yes, we were just having a few like uh, questions in our mind, but we were silencing that because none of the religions are just perfect. That's what in our mind. And we were always comparing Christianity, Islam, Judaism or other religions to each other, which which one has more uh, fault or like conflict inside. I mean, it is itself a kind of a messed up uh, situation for all those stories. So, but people that were alongside you in the faith were having these questions, but you decided to investigate them. Do you think there's a personality trait that drove you down that path whereas other people with those questions were just like eh keep the lid on the box that is possible because those are about yes personality too but i don't see uh, my personality uh, actually uh doesn't help that my personality is about like a peacekeeper so it is uh not really helping in this situation i want to just like a keep the peace with the current situation so that's i mean that was my personality as i mean so i don't think it is it was helpful compared to some other person uh, some other religious muslim might be having faster way to do it mine should be slower but i am not really uh, uh, in the position of answering this, it is very complicated psychological thing, I guess. Mm, well, you're talking to someone who's in psychology. Um, David, do you have any more questions? A few more. You mentioned earlier earlier that there are some people who you just can't talk to about this. Uh, there's a, either you sense hostility or a, a lack of openness. And my question is, if you could talk to them, and tell them something that, that maybe that you're misunderstood about. What is it that you think that they just don't get and understand about you now? And what is it that you would, you would want to try to communicate to them? Hmm. Um, but I never try to those people. So uh, uh, you mean like a... Like, if like, I could they, clarify, do they misunderstand? Yeah. You? Do you feel and, like they perceive you in a negative way? Right. Oh, if I'm open to them, like uh, all of us, they're gonna be just in defensive mode. Like it happened uh, with a lot of friends, and I don't want to say a lot. Like five, six friends are just a very cool. Uh, I, I'm 
explaining them my uh, explaining them my situation my changes but the, whenever i just uh, start this conversation they start oh maybe you you you're moving so fast about this um so it is um it is their defensive mechanism always they're just like you come up with this kind of a um question to question uh, analogy so if you don't believe in that how do you describe the other things so th th that doesn't uh, just like a, it, it is like an unlimited uh, questions like unlimited number of questions are just uh, coming to mind but the mostly it is uh, just uh, how can I say? Um, it starts with reaction and it continues with the uh, try to convincing way uh, to just to take you back. So it, it is just always in similar case. I don't know if I explain well. Well, I can't think of anything else to ask. I think that we've covered the subject pretty well. I have a, uh, I have a question. You do? Well, yeah. For it. So, because I've, I've, okay, so your friends or just whoever who's Muslim, that is an acquaintance or someone you know, now that they know that you're atheist, outside of y'all bantering back and forth on who's right and who's wrong, who's going to hell, who's going to heaven, um, do you feel like they perceive you differently? So I know that when I became atheist, the perception was, well, there was a lot of confusion because I was so devout. Um, but also there was this perception that I was angry at God or that I was no longer a good person. Um, I was destined for hell. Hell was yawning before me. It still is. Um, have your has any of your friends or acquaintances have you felt these negative perceptions since your change oh some friends i after i'm being open about it uh, some friends started talking about their uh questions they they are questioning too but they don't really just like a uh admit that so i was uh i find it like a very interesting because they never mentioned before they were hiding it like i now i am open they start opening up about like oh yes evolution is uh, correct and that that is that is real so i i, I never thought this friend um was going to admit that so I, I learned that after I'm being open to them. So a few other friends, they are uh, more open about these uh, after I just uh, told them I am atheist. Uh, I'm not Muslim anymore. Or I don't believe in this story anymore. So, uh, so that is just their uh, problem. Most of them are just like a close and they are silencing themselves. They don't talk to anyone. They don't because when, when once they start talking, they will get this uh, label. Oh, he start just moving towards to something else, or being atheist, or being Christian, or something like a changing his religion. So th they don't want to be labeled like this. So I, I'm just uh, that's why they just uh, some of them are being in the closet in a way <laughs> do they feel in in your circle would it be better for you have to become christian was athe would they have preferred that you switched religions rather than is atheist kind of like the worst thing that someone can do they see being i mean the atheists are like uh, uh the question they are asking if you're atheist what are your values like it is uh when they see me oh if you are atheist you are going to be kind of a dangerous person to society or something that that's real i mean 
maybe in some point when I was religious, I might be thinking that way too, because our values are just like a sitting based on our religion. That story, that story tells us, oh, you don't kill people because it is sin. You are going to uh, pay in hereafter or something like that. At the same time, it is giving permission to kill too, like in some cases. So it is it is the uh, uh, messed up situation, but that's the reality. The, they see you, you don't have really value. Um, uh, you don't have any, uh, I mean, the perspective for uh, like a, as human, um, and I answer them, I mean, uh, what I believe, I mean, what I, my actions are based on my judgment, not another story's judgment. So it is, it is even more secure than yours. Uh, so in, on the other hand, uh, there was a call. I mean, if that's one story is just the keeping you away, I mean, the keeping you not to be a murderer it is more messed up situation <laughs> because as soon as you just like you have uh, issues with that story you, you're gonna start killing or if that story just to change your mind it's you're gonna start be just like uh, being a really bad person to society i think it is it is uh uh they look they look at this thing in the wrong way because we have values and we, we live in a society and we just uh, want to be having our own personal basis. Well, what you said earlier, you made it sound as if the peer pressure is intense and everyone is supposed to play along and that your presence has made a number of people step forward and start to question evolution to be, for, as just an example. But is it your impression that there's a bunch of closeted doubts out there that are buried and waiting to come out and there's going to be some avalanche as soon as the stigma is gone uh, is would that be your projection for the future i believe so i believe so because people just silencing a lot of things in their mind we have some sort of answers for some sort of uh, details uh, in religion. Uh, the time of Muhammad is really questionable. Like they are, we, we just like a answer in a way, oh, at that time he killed some group of people because uh, because of some situation. Like they, they just keep answering it, getting some sort of reaction, uh, uh, responses to those kind of uh, uh, like a different uh, issues so these are accumulating in everybody's mind and in some point someone brave enough just to come out and say these are just nonsense stories like it is not easy to say but uh, I think it will just increase because we are now living in a uh, society we are more open and getting more more and more open about these things and more and more questioning on uh, hard to talk about uh, issues <laughs> well you're you're a bit on the young side and i'm wondering if you think that there's an age dependency here that perhaps it is the young that are open to exploring and the older that are more set in their ways is is that the sort of pattern that you see or is it more random that uh, on who would start to question their faith you know uh that's why i'm actually just like a pushing questions on my kids they need to just like uh, be able to question this yes um i think there are uh like uh, uh people who became ex-muslim in variety of ages in young ages older ages i, I was uh, specifically just like uh, searching about uh, and listening other people's stories online and they are in every age i can say but in young yeah i i'm 42 i'm not really young but in younger ages i think it is increasing that's what i see in my culture 
you know, there's this notion of being an apostate, which is a term from your culture that uh, I don't think it translates all that well into many other cultures, but it's, there seems to be a disdain. It's a pejorative term to call someone uh, an apostate. So how would you describe how the, your society would feel about that term? And do you, do you now fit that term? Yes, I believe so. Um, this is really just, this is how our culture actually prevents us from young, very young ages. Those apostates and like, uh, they are, they are called as betrayers. Like, uh, they are called like, uh, uh, in, I mean, the very, just the negative way. So you always just like, uh, uh silence yourself. I mean, one of the reasons of your silencing your question is this, because you don't want to be just like a bit aware, and you don't want to be called yourself, uh, you don't want to be called like a, um, a person who is going different way, uh, changing their mind or something like a, uh, like a, apostates actually, that's, that's really just like a, how they call it. Um, yes, that's just a, a cultural uh, protection, the, the way they call it. So oftentimes when people become atheists, especially in the beginning of the transition, there's a lot of anger towards religion. Um, um, do you think that, like, as far as other people believing in religion, do you consider religion just a dangerous thing whether it's christianity muslim whatever the other ones are is it dangerous is it something that should be eradicated from our human um conversation or is is it benign if someone is really fully believing and fully following their religion i think that is the kind of dangerous one but thankfully most people very biggest population i mean the big population uh is not really uh true muslim uh i i don't know much about christianity but christianity has some uh, uh like a fundamental ones are the real ones because that fundamentals muslims are the ones who follow everything what they uh, what the is what Islam teaches. So those are the ones are dangerous, basically, because in reality there are a lot of uh, I mean the um, bad side of it. Like it doesn't fit in this uh, time. But most people like in Turkey, especially most people are mild and they just have some sort of like a. Um, uh answer all those bloody history in their mind okay the time has changed we have different uh way of living at this time so it is it thankfully we don't have like a, that kind of big population okay so in i've heard this term um the marshmallowing of jesus this is how the christians describe like how most christians have watered down their faith and their practice and they call that the marshmallowing of jesus basically making him um cuddly and teddy bear like whereas the fundamentals are like no there's hell and brimstone and gnashing of teeth so i i kind of follow your logic there um any other final questions that you have david i thought that you were going in a different direction tiffany when you first started speaking uh you you mentioned how how he has some feelings about how the people he leaves behind and the things he's been told. What I'm wondering is, do you feel like you've been betrayed yourself, that you've been lied to, that you've been deceived, that you had people who have pushed a false confidence on you and, and that you, do you bear any resentment toward any of them? Um, you mean in the, in the previous situation? I mean, the people who, who, you interacted with your whole life as you were being raised and were always telling you things are one way 
and they were absolutely confident in their beliefs. Yeah. Do you resent that? Do you feel like you've been lied to? I, okay, at the beginning after this change happened, I felt a lot in, uh, in terms of like I was lied to. Uh, but I just uh, see that every culture, every society have their own way to raise children, basically. The, the, we believe in this religion because we uh, just uh, grew up with that. We were, uh, these stories were told us from the very beginning of time and I mean the beginning of like uh, our own uh, like uh, since we are born basically so these these are uh, the things uh, you just uh, being very angry uh, towards like after you just like uh, uh, change yourself being like uh, not believing in this story anymore so it is um, but I calmed myself down afterwards because it is uh, it, it that is the same thing that happens to every society basically every religious society. So you can't really just like yeah, that's uh, that's another reason I'm just I want to raise my children with just only teaching how to question, how to just like uh, question the things. So. Uh, I want to talk about like a, another point related to this too, very shortly. So um, after this change, those friends while I was open to are just the just the, approaching me to just to change my mind. But I was just responding in a very attacking mode, like uh, how we were lied, how we were just like a. Um, uh, they have a uh, sensitive side so I was touching those sensitive sides too I was uh, talking about Muhammad I was talking about like a, this is uh, uh, it might not sound like very cruel to you but to them it's only a thing we shouldn't be touching to, uh, we shouldn't be touching to creative we shouldn't touching but to just like a Muhammad so I was talking against that to just uh, just because I was feeling betrayed, uh, I mean, they lied to like for years, but I am less aggressive now. I'm not even talking about it until I'm asked uh, about those. So I think this is a typical reaction after you make that big change, you become a little uh, aggressive against your uh, uh, past, basically. Yeah, I can. I remember when I first gave up religion, I was I was very aggressive because I was really angry and I was very in your face. Like, yeah, I, I do recall that. And I have softened. So um, I I really appreciate you um, answering this questions and being a part of the MFA podcast. Um, I feel like we really uh learned a lot listening to you talk about this um david do you have any final final comments before i wrap up more like looking for perhaps a final statement from aman uh, i'm wondering if there's somebody who is listening to this podcast and they felt like they didn't understand the idea of how you could change your faith uh what what would you want to tell them uh, how would you um how would you summarize your your transition? I was just starting uh, questioning what I believe louder and louder and finding, try to find the answer till the end, not silencing myself. That was the, uh, I think, the summary of this change, basically. Mm. That caps it off. That makes sense. David, what about you? What advice would you give to someone searching for the truth in the chaotic soup? Well, I I wouldn't necessarily encourage everyone to do some searching. I remember at one point I stumbled across a uh, YouTube video titled, as I recall, A Little Girl Goes to Heaven While Parents Watch. 
And it was a little girl who was in the last minutes of her life dying of cancer. And the parents were saying, we're going to be reunited in heaven and we're, you're going to be healthy and happy and without pain and everything's going to be wonderful. Why in the world would I want to take that away from them? If it draws them comfort and it, they get, gain strength from it and it helps them get through a terrible experience, then it's serving a useful purpose and I would not want to take that away. So when you ask me the question, uh, would I try to help people start thinking about all this and questioning their faith? I guess my answer is not everybody. There, there are some people I'd rather, that I'm perfectly comfortable if they stay the way they are. But for people who are, uh, particularly those who have a scientific bent to the, the way they think, I think they're going to find themselves drawn toward certainly not a literal interpretation of their religion. And I would encourage people like that to keep asking questions. I um, really like that you said that because that's really true. Um, I work in mental health at a hospital uh, with a lot of people who have really tragic experiences. And I mean, almost in every therapy session, whether it be group or individual, I would say, and of course this is cultural, we're in the South, and I would say God is invoked like, 80% of the time. And I just go along with it. I pray with them. I, you know, I say things that, that they want to hear, like, you know, God is going to get you through this and God loves you. Um, and I don't feel like I'm being disingenuous. I feel like I'm giving them what I, I'm starting where they're at. That's where they're at on their journey. Um, and, and who am I to um, knock them off, you know? So I really appreciate you saying that. Um, to me, to those who are searching and they are willing to ask those really hard questions, I would just say, be really gentle with yourself. It's a painful process. Um take it as slow as you need to and you know whatever um answers you decide um just make sure that you're able to live with those answers authentically to yourself rather than trying to conform to what other people are saying um so to thyself be true someone said that um, but anyways, this has been the MFA podcast and uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Meetup. Uh, we have different groups, different activities, and uh, we look forward to, um, you know, engaging with our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please um, ask them. Um, this podcast is hosted on multiple platforms and we make it interactive. I do want to give a thanks to you, Amen, for taking the time to sitting down with me and David. We really appreciate you talking about this stuff. And I know this was a difficult journey for you. So, and you being um, open to talk about this experience is, is very something we really appreciate. So thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a great conversation.